0: everybody welcome back it's the scb Steelers podcast presented by deck roofing incorporated of south florida and we are very very glad to be part of the variety sports network uh and of course the show originates from the bradshaw bourbon studio and uh here's a guy who showed up right at the limit uh his <laughs> scarves all
1: right i tell you what chris i tell you what mike i
0: and I guy that what is I'm gonna to get to a question right away. Yeah. Uh Ian, what's what's more irritating, Taylor Swift or Tony Romo right now?
1: Oh gosh. Uh Taylor Swift, but it's <laughs> launch them both into the sun.
2: Yeah, I, I mean it's it's like a 1A, 1B, but the whole I don't know. Maybe I'm of the wrong generation <laughs> that I just don't get the whole Taylor Swift obsession, but like I don't know. You know, I, 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 I think Ryan, did she play it like an AFC championship game or something when she was just starting, like starting to become famous? I feel like I saw her play like before a Steelers game and did like two songs. Oh, no, she, like, said, okay. she said
1: she um, said it was a Steelers. It was a Steelers home game, but it wasn't yeah. even a playoff game. I want to say it might have even been a preseason game like that's how, like, like a
2: season opener or something. Yeah,
1: I was.
2: Yeah, she, this was before she was Taylor Swift
1: yeah right.
0: yeah i mean it yeah was...
1: meanwhile meanwhile not to offend any swifties out there but well, she she is she is she is, she is literally one of the biggest cons of all time whoa her, her, her dad her dad it was like a broker for jp morgan like she started out as this like 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 this like <laughs> trailer park country girl right she's never right. been poor in her life i don't want to hear that shit like 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 I don't even have anything against her and I don't even want to necessarily blame her for all of this but but like every time she breathes they have to show her on the yeah. game it's just so yeah. annoying so
0: are is she the female equivalent of kid rock then
1: don't be talking <laughs> about kid rock okay wow. I mean-
0: have you ever seen, it? this dude looks like he just jumped out of a Detroit area trailer park and he grew up in a very nice place, Mr. Robert Ritchie. Uh, yeah. Here's a guy. guy that's <laughs> fooling us all. He did fool us all. He was just Bud Light. Uh, anyway, welcome in, everybody. Great to see Burner's back, Melvin's back. Aaron's here to harass me about Harbaugh leaving, you know, which is fine. I can go back to being a full fledged Michigan fan again.
2: uh, I was telling uh, Mark before the show started, it's incredible. We tweet this out like 15 minutes before the show starts, like, oh, we're going to do a show on Wednesday instead of Thursday this week. And people still join us. We love you guys. This is awesome. Like, yeah, I figured we'd be
0: talking to walls tonight. Yeah. Uh, You know, Uh, Ben, by the way, is uh, he's in the air. He is, uh, on his way to, here's it's a him. guy
2: who's yep. on a plane.
0: Yeah. And, and it's not just any plane boys and girls. He's on an Alaska airlines flight and I hope he's got the seatbelt fastened extra tight. Uh, cause well, you know what happened? Thankfully, nobody was hurt when the door blew off at 16,000 feet. And, uh, anyway, so hopefully he's having a good, uh, a good flight right there. And yeah, Aaron just mentioned in the chat. September twenty-fourth, two thousand six, she sang the national anthem and performed at halftime of the Bengals game. So it was regular season that she got. Wow, man. Holy cow. There you Johnny's here. Fuck you, Johnny. There we go. Got that out (laughs) of the way. Uh, oh man. Hey, so let's uh let's kind of reset the table here from what's going on. Um the, the, the Steelers have, and, and fill me in here, guys, because it, it, it's it been a crazy couple of days for me, but I, I know that they, they interviewed uh, Brian Thomas, right? Mm-hmm. Thomas uh, Brown. Or, excuse me, Thomas Brown. I've been looking at so many names today. Thomas Brown from the Panthers. Uh, have they formally interviewed Cliff Kingsbury or Zach Robinson yet?
2: I don't know if they formally interviewed them, but the names were connected to the Steelers or said there was interest there or something along those lines. Right, right.
0: Um, So, Scarps, I'm going to ask you this question. Feel free to answer the uh, Tony Romo, Taylor Swift question if you want to, but um, uh, I, I wanted to ask you this. You're an offensive coordinator. You've been contacted by the Pittsburgh Steelers for their open offensive coordinator position it's the Steelers. You're going to take the call. You're going to do the interview. Okay. Now, all that said, what is one of your first questions? When of course, Mike Tomlin, Omar Khan and AR two says, do you have any questions for us? Yeah. How much are you going to pay me? <laughs> um, <Wait. laughs> I purposefully asked that question because I wanted to see which way you'd go. Either the fact that, that
1: arts a cheapskate, uh, oh. Re- about yeah. Situation. Well, I, the the reason I would ask the reason I would ask about money is because I'm assuming that in the interview they would tell me what the plan was Probably. for the quarterback room, and they would tell me what the plan was for um you know do I have uh the autonomy to hire my own staff? Do I have you know do I get to make those decisions? Um. And then, and then I, and I, I posed this uh, Twitter sucks. So does X, but I posed this, I, I said this earlier this week and like, you know, we've been talking about it on the chat, like, you know, you know, half there, you know, half the league is looking for a new offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, whether yeah. that, whether that's current vacancies or new coaches, being brought like, like, like half the league. So yeah. like half the league is looking for a new offensive coordinator. Right. Um, so this isn't like there's one or two jobs available in this. Like it's like only the Steelers or the Panthers, for example, they're the only two teams that have openings. So, you know, the offensive coordinator position is, is um, there's a lot of them and candidates, candidates have leverage and they can say, you know, Hey, Mm -hmm. I'll interview here, but there are certain things that I, that I want. Um, So that being said, just because it's the Steelers does not mean it's an attractive position. They they their quarterback room is mid at best. And if Mason doesn't come back, it's even worse. Number two, you know, and, the, and this is what pissed me off about people online this week. They're like, the Tomlin extension is a done deal. They just haven't announced it yet. Uh-uh. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I I am not, I am not going to, to sign a contract unless that unless. I know for a fact that Mike Tomlin is being extended because he only has one year left on his deal. So all the, so if Michael looks at me and goes, yeah, I'm definitely getting extension and art looks at me, but you know what? Enjoy your damn flight, Ben, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) like put on, put on a movie, get a drink, enjoy the flight. And, or, or art says, yeah, well, you know, art says we're definitely going to extend Mike. I need, I need some, I need some confirmation. Right. And, and then at the end of the day, and, 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 and this is what really pisses off Steelers fans is that they think people will work here for peanuts because it's the Steelers. And I'm going to tell you this right now. That is not true. You got to, if you really want somebody, you got to pay the guy and the, and, and this is why like, you know, for someone that, for someone that comes in there, let's say it is Zach Robinson. Zach Robinson comes in here and says, Hey, you know what? You've had shitty quarterback play for years. My resume speaks for itself. I'm going to need this amount to really, to do this. And they're and and If it's, let's just say it's $2 million or something like that. I do not picture the Steelers paying any coordinator $2 million. I think what Canada was, what was Canada make it? 750, $750 which, you know, for him is, is a, is, is a lot, but like, are they going to they're going to they're going to they're going to double that, triple that for an offensive corner? I I just I just don't see it. And out of respect for the organization and mm-hmm. I'm grateful for my time there and I appreciate Art. I love this dad, but they do not hire just to hire and they do not open the wallet to bring in coaches. They have the smallest coaching staff in the league. I'm holding my breath when I want them to add more coaches. But If they truly want an innovative dude in here, you got to pay them.
0: So, Ian, I'm going to ask you that that same question, but Mm -hmm. at at the same time I'm also going to have you address this too. What Scarp's just talked about, does that speak to a bigger issue that we've talked about for years on on this show and this site? The, the, The Steelers sometimes fall into this, well, we're the Steelers so we can do this while other teams have to do that. I, have we finally reached a point where we need to pay somebody to, to run an NFL-style offense?
2: <laughs> yes. I mean, uh, and I think Tomlin kind of alluded to that a little bit in his postseason press conference when he said, you know, I think we need to look outside. I'm not opposed to bringing in more coaches on you know, either side of the ball. I mean, ultimately, it's Arts' decision of how much he wants to open up his his wallet and pay mm-hmm. people. Um, but at the end of the day, I think I think Tomlin's starting to realize, especially looking around the league that like, oh, hey, you know, look at how many stinking, you know, assistant coaches the Rams have on offense, right? They've got guys with titles that are basically made up, right? It's like yeah offensive analyst and you know uh offensive senior offensive assistant what does that even mean like but, assistant to the traveling secretary right exactly yeah. or assistant to the regional manager you know <laughs> um but at the same time those guys go on to get offensive coordinator jobs other places because they've been just associated with yep. sean mcveigh so it's but the rams are willing to Pay coaches and especially young guys and bring them along and develop them and and we're not. The other thing I'll say is that you know we talked on the show and even though Ben is drunk on an airplane chatting with us. He, doesn't want to you know go watch the mission impossible movie or something like that um i highly recommend airport 77 if you're on a flight (laughs) okay (laughs) at any rate um (laughs) at any rate to ben's credit i believe he said on the show last off season that not only bringing matt canada back would mean this year was a lost year but also that they should the Steelers should hire someone like a Jim Caldwell to be a senior offensive assistant. That way, if you had to fire Canada mid season, you had someone who had some play calling and offensive coordinator experience already in house that you could kind of promote into that role, even if it wasn't a long-term solution. So credit to Ben for being absolutely right about that, you know, last off season and that is kind of something, you know, it seems like there's one of two routes they could go here. They mm-hmm. could hire a guy like a Zach Robinson, who's never been a coordinator before, who's a young up-and-coming guy uh, who seems very smart, uh, has a has a pretty good coaching resume for a, a relatively young guy, and then also hire like a senior offensive assistant. Basically, you know, give an old guy like a Caldwell or a Frank Reich or someone like that that title pay him a couple shillings to be in the the building and and just, you know, <laughs> say, hey, here's what we're going to, you know, you can, yeah. you can come and just, you know, give us your wealth of knowledge about how an NFL offense works and, and we'll see what we can build here. Uh, the other option is that they just hire one of those old retread guys who has okay. been offensive coordinators before and uh, probably failed at it or got a head coaching job and failed at that, like a Cliff Kingsbury. Um, and, you know, and maybe it works, maybe it doesn't. Um, you know, there's, I, I've said for a while on this show that I firmly believe that there are just guys who are just better at being coordinators or just better at being position coaches Definitely. than they are at being head coaches. Yeah. And maybe Kingsbury one of those guys. What worries me about Kingsbury is and I'm probably getting into your next question of what do you think about the candidates that we've talked about so far, but what worries me about Kingsbury is you look at all of his teams going back to the Texas tech days, they the first half of the season, they would start it on fire and then they would crash the second half of the year. And it's happened over and over again with Kingsbury teams. Just look at, you know, what they've done the first half of the year versus the second half of the year. So you know, does that same thing happen as an offensive coordinator that he designs a good offense? They come out like the world on fire for eight weeks and then like teams figure out what they're doing and start to shut them down and he can't adjust. adjust. So, you know, uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see where they land, but personally, I'd rather go with a, a young innovative guy that kind of knows how to run a modern offense, knows how to get receivers open than a, a retread, but we'll see what happens.
0: It, it's it, been so fascinating to watch these offenses the last couple of weeks and the in the playoffs to to see how they get receivers open, how they get receivers and matchups. Uh, I, I, it's just it's mind-boggling because of what we saw uh, in in our offense the last couple of seasons. Scarps,
1: yeah, and you know Melvin Melvin brought up a point, and I, I I'd like to I'd like to discuss that was he was talking about you mm-hmm. know players didn't buy into what Canada was doing and you know I think that's true to a certain extent but I would also say that um you know when players made plays and and when Pickett was doing half decent at quarterback they didn't bitch and moan you know what I mean and then they fire Canada and then they sucked and everybody was mad but then Mason takes over and yeah it was a different different cadence to play calling but it was still Canada's offense And there were guys open. Mason was getting them the ball on time. Mason Mm -hmm. was getting them the ball in space. So I guess I would just say that, you know, you can bring in the most innovative offensive coordinator you, you know, you can imagine, but if the quarterback play still sucks, this team's still not going to do anything. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah, it's like, if so, you know, as much as, you know, so, so, you know, and you, you, and Steel Dad, of course, you know we'll we'll talk about some of the candidates, and and I'm just you know my yeah. opinion of them is just very surface level. But you know again, like Zach Robinson could come here, and Kenny Pickett still sucks, <laughs> and 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 that's a that is a that is a real possibility. And I, I, you know, I again, this team when Mason took over and Mason started making plays and guys started making plays, they there was a total different energy. In, yeah. in, in 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 that yep. building, there's a totally different energy on the field. You could see their body language. Um, so as much as Canada did suck, I think that if they had half decent quarterback play in that offense, he'd still he'd still he would have lasted the season, but not come back this year. I,
0: uh, I will stand firm in my belief that, and I'm not saying he would have set the world on fire, but I am saying they completely screwed the pooch by bringing Canada back this year. They they they've set the team itself back a year um and and here we are but we're gonna have to deal with it and hey, look i i speak for all steelers fans i hope kenny pickett turns it around he's he's an absolute stud next year i've seen nothing to to make me truly believe that's gonna happen but stranger things have happened ian you
2: wanted to make a point on yeah uh, mis- dan, Mr. Dan, or- dan
0: orlovsky's comments yeah
2: dan orlovsky had some what i thought were interesting comments today about pickett specifically um, and he basically said that, you know, from, from what he's seen out of Pickett, Pickett's not a guy that you can just be like, here's an offense, go run it. You have to design an offense for him. Ben Roethlisberger was a guy that was, and we've talked about it on the show before. Mm-hmm. He's like. You know, he's going to go out and he's going to run what he wants to run. Sometimes he'll just audible the play on the field and, and do what he wants. And there's quarterbacks like that. There's quarterbacks that you can just be like, just go run the offense. Right. Absolutely. Orlovsky basically said for Pickett to be successful, you have to scheme him up an offense, almost like how, you know, a Miami or a San Francisco schemes their offense to scheme guys open and be like, here's what you're running and here's. You know, it, it, it's almost like that. You know, you're going to be a system quarterback or whatever it is, but that's the best way to make Kenny Pickett successful. Yeah, and you know, for these offensive coordinator candidates, for the guys who are the retreads who are just looking for a job, they might find it. You know, be like, oh yeah, I'll come in and and I I can fix him. You know, I can I can do something like like that. I'll take that on. But for the young guys who you know the Zach Robinsons of the world like if you tie yourself to our quarterback room and our offense and it doesn't work out, then, you know, you're setting yourself back a bit because as we know, you know, the NFL is not necessarily a meritocracy as far as coaches go. It's, you've got to, you've got to pay your dues and work your way up through the system and prove you can be successful at every step in the road and, and all that. So, it's, uh, I, if I had to, if I had to guess right now, I'd guess we wind up with one of like the, the retread type guys.
0: It, it's a very long, hard slog to get there, uh, to, to one of those coordinator positions. And it can be a really yeah. fast drop. Yeah. Uh, and,
1: you know, the, you know, the, the fine folks on X this week, you know, had to remind me that if a coach doesn't want to come here, um, because they don't want to they don't want to try to save Kenny Pickett that they're mm-hmm. not good at they're not good at their job because who could ever turn down the Steelers like again there's a lot there's a lot of factors that that come in and, and think about like I, I I understand that that work at, you know being a being an NFL coordinator is a lot different than than you know us 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 normal folks there's <laughs> only 30 there's only 32. There's only yeah. 32 OC jobs in the league, but again, you know, think think of it as when think of it as when you are coveted and there are multiple job offers that that you can accept, and you wait you weigh the pros and cons, right? right. You you right. say, okay, well, this one pays me more money, but uh, I don't like leadership. You know, this one pays me less money, but I really believe in what they're doing. This one pays me no money and I have to work with Kenny Pickett. Uh, I'm probably not going to take that one. You know, like it's, 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 it, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it, it's the same thing that we all weigh mm-hmm. when we, when we take a job or, or on the job hunt, et cetera.
0: No, it, it is. And, and if you look at these three guys that they've currently either interviewed or are planning to interview, uh you know start start with with thomas brown for a second i mean he he's coming off uh his first year as an offensive coordinator carolina and i i honestly don't know what you can truly take from that to judge it i mean that was that that roster is shitastic um and and you know he, offensive line was brutal um but but to that point he he had got to work with Chase Young, number one overall pick. Bryce Young. Um, Bryce, God, I'm all over the place tonight. You're I, gotta good. I gotta stop drinking. I gotta stop drinking. Um, you know, and then you look at uh Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray. Um he also got to work with some pretty good quarterbacks in college. Uh yeah, how much of that's on him, how much of that's on their just overall ability? Zach Robinson over there in, in uh LA with the Rams and stuff. Eh, you know. Matthew Stafford showing up there. I think the guy probably had a pretty good idea what he was doing. Uh, but that said, you know, it's still your job to do some things there too. So I I, I don't know based on those guys. I, I think they're going to really open this thing up. I think it's going to be several more candidates coming in. Um, that said, as we've talked about, there's a real problem right now because you got so many damn openings. I mean, these jobs are the, – the pegs are going to start falling into the right – holes and now all of a sudden you're going to be stuck
1: yeah and you know starting with thomas brown i yeah i agree like it's hard to i agree it's hard to give him a, a fair shake um because carolina is just such a such a dumpster fire yeah. um but you know he he you know if if you want to talk about you know if you want to talk about developing quarterbacks or whatever mm-hmm. you know bryce young had some growing pains this year um oh. But you know what? He's still better than Kenny Pickett. Now, I I mean, (laughs) I I, know. I I mean, like, I'm, I, 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 you know what? I do, I am critical of Pickett. And yes, I really laid on thick for the show. But like, Bryce Young is a, is a, you know, former, is a former number one overall pick. Um, and yeah, you know what? He, he did not have the best circumstances and neither did Melvin just gave me PTSD. Thanks, Melvin. Yeah. There it is. (laughs) Um, but, like, I mean, I don't want to judge Thomas Brown, you know, I, you know, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, hey, hey Berner's
0: got a great question here, and this is, what, you know, part of what our discussion was going to lead to, um, you know. So what in Pittsburgh would be attractive to an OC looking for a new home? Uh, I, I would start first and foremost with, hey, Mike Tomlin, tell me you've got a contract extension. Um, I, I would start there and and then the next thing has to be i need exactly what your plan is in that quarterback room uh for all the reasons yeah. we talked about
1: yeah and you know and i i say that the job isn't is it is it isn't as attractive as people think and i mm-hmm. stand by that mm-hmm. but i'm going to go against that right now and say um the quarterback play in in and for this team has been so bad for so long that if someone, if someone is willing, if someone is willing to take a gamble and let's just say they, let's just say they do turn Kenny Pickett's career around and the offense looks somewhat respectable, Mm -hmm. that's a win. So I could see, I, you know, so the expectations are so low (laughs) (laughs) that any, I mean, look, look, look what happened with Mason. I mean, Mason, Mm -hmm. Mason wasn't even playing spectacular, but like the guy was efficient and consistent. And yeah. we were all like, holy fuck, this this guy should be the starter next year, which is absurd, even though I'm a Mason fan. Um, so I do think there is an opportunity, but also I could see that I could see that scaring people. Like Ian said, maybe, maybe, you know, for an established guy that has a reputation in this league that just wants to get back into it, mm-hmm. they're not taking that big of a risk by doing it but a young guy trying to make a name for himself could fall flat on his face (laughs) with this opportunity.
0: Absolutely. And I I just, man, it's just going to be such a gamble for for any coordinator because you you are are essentially hitching your little red wagon to to Kenny Pickett, um, at least right now until we know more about what the QB room looks like. Um, But, you know, the other thing we, we talked a little bit about in our chat today was you know, what about what about Pat Meyer, the offensive line coach? I mean, it's very possible you could get an offensive coordinator that says, hey, you know, uh, Pat seems like a nice guy, but the way he does things with his O-line does not work with what I'm doing with my offense, you know, and, and so that leads to the whole question of what kind of, I hate the term power, but what kind of authority does does Tomlin allow that, that OC to have, uh, you know?
1: Yeah, I, 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 you know, I was engaging with some folks today on on the old X, and, uh, you know, I, 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 I said, you know, the news is that Mike Sullivan is probably not going to be retained, and Mike Sullivan actually uh, has a couple OC, offensive coordinator yeah. interviews. Yeah, and you know, I think that I think you know, good for him, first of all, but. I also think that you know teams are doing their do du- again. There's a lot of openings yes. around the league. Teams are doing their due diligence. You know, maybe Mike Sullivan doesn't. What do you talk about, Melvin? We what do you talk about? <laughs> Come on, man. We engage. What are you talking about? Um, <laughs> and so that just so again. There's there's a lot of openings. Um, but I you know I suggested and I and I suggested for and this is even to benefit Kenny Pickett is, you know, keep Sullivan as like a a senior advisor or something. He's not a position coach. He's not a coordinator. Yeah. And right away people were like, no, he sucked. He sucked at his job. He didn't develop Kenny Pickett. He, you know, he shouldn't get a promotion and that's not even a promotion to me. To me, that's a demotion, <laughs> you know, like if right. you're not, a, you know, you're just, a, you're just another voice in the room. Um. And then, you know, and then I thought more about it. I'm like, well, Why is it, why is it that Sullivan's not going to be retained, but, but they've already said that Pat Meyer's likely to stay Eddie Faulkner, Frisman Jackson, Alfredo Roberts. Um, and then I'm sitting there thinking like, why do those guys get to stay, but not Sully? And then it's like, did they already make those decisions? Did art and Kevin, I'm sorry, art, Omar and Tomlin, um, already say, Hey, we're, these guys are staying. So if I'm an offensive coordinator and I come in and they're like, "Yeah, you can't bring in your own staff. You got to work with these guys." i be like, "What? I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to do that." Um, and you know, again, I understand that that Solly didn't develop Pickett, but once again, there's a very good chance that Kenny Pickett just sucks, and <laughs> and I and we have to we have to we have to accept that that that's 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 a, there's a good chance. Yes, we do.
0: What, what
1: about, here, here's Sometimes when you get a quarterback that
0: obviously had a a, a very good senior year in college uh, and, and, you know, his his year is what got him drafted in the first round. Let's be honest. Do you go out and maybe try to find the coordinator that worked with him then Mark Whipple, who's currently QB coach, I think, at Nebraska? Um, he was yeah, with the Nebraska Steelers is. in the early 2000s. <laughs> yeah, I know. And Nebraska isn't exactly setting the world on fire, but you know, I, I, you just wonder, you know, because we're not inside that locker room, we're not inside those offices, those meeting rooms. And you, you know, is it, is it something where Pickett just needs to, to be in some kind of comfort zone and, and let's be honest, nobody was in that with Canada in that building. Um, you know, well, so.
1: I'm just thinking outside the box a little bit. No, it, it, and there's a, there's a I have a couple of thoughts with that. Um, Nebraska is not known for its its powerhouse quarterback play, uh, um, no, especially throwing so, the ball. Um, and no, and 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 you know, Mark Whipple is 66 years old. I, no, no, yeah. just absolutely no. Um, and you know, I, I we were my friend of mine and I were talking about this today was. You know, Matt a uh, Matt Canada led offense at Pitt went into Death Valley and beat, uh, and I think Clemson was number two in the nation. Mm-hmm. And Nate Nate Peterman was the quarterback. James Conner was the running back. Yeah, and and um, and a bunch of a bunch of, <laughs> with all due respect, a bunch of no names <laughs> for Pitt. Yeah, no, that's fair. So and look how good Matt Canada did at this level. So getting back to Pickett. Yes, he had a really good senior season, but how much of that was that he was? It was his fifth year in the league. That the ACC was not good that year. Um, you know, True. there aren't True. many Wake Wake Forest and Dukes in the uh, in the <laughs> NFL. And um, I, I said this from the beginning. I never thought that they properly evaluated Pickett because he played next door. I think they felt the pressure from not taking Marino 30 years earlier uh-huh. um and I think that I think that they they absolutely reached uh for Kenny Pickett. But to, to Melvin's question, if if money wasn't if money wasn't an issue, who would yeah. I want the offensive coordinator to be? Mm-hmm. Um I mean I mean that's a good that's a good question. Um there's a lot of eligible candidates, mm-hmm. but I will say this. I would rather they strike out on a young, a young offensive mind than to hire an old fart that is, is that we already know what's going to happen.
0: Agreed. Agreed. And, and, you know, Ben's advocating Clint Kubiak. He's a passing game coordinator for the Niners. Uh, I, I also, and, and I know he's a Michigan guy, but, you know, Brian Greasy has, has done a really nice job with uh, Brock Purdy in San Francisco. As far as being a play caller, I can't speak to that. I, I don't know, but – but, you know, he, he played in uh, pretty traditionally run-heavy offenses, relied a lot on play-action. So, you know, that seems to be what Tomlin wants to do. You know, so I, I, I'm open to that, Scarps. I'm with you. I, I would rather go young, um, young and innovative, creative, hungry, than than bringing in
1: yeah, Here's you know, here's Here's a list of guys. Let me just if, rattle these off real quick. Here's a list of guys that I'd like to see just added to the staff, and I don't care in what capacity. Clint Kubiak, Dave Girardi, Alex Tanney, Luke Getzey, Wes Welker. Yes, that Wes Welker. Ken Dorsey, Mike Kafka, and then I said Shane Waldron. Although Shane's already already got that, but like these are all guys that are young, up and coming. Um, and again, like you know, where is Wes Welker at right now? Wes Welkers are with the Dolphins. That's right. He's their wide receivers. Wide coach. receivers. And, and I, I know we don't have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, but like, what? but like you yeah. can't. I mean, Wes Walker used to torch us all the well, time. Maybe, maybe bringing Julian Edelman to be a wide receivers coach. But like, like again, like I, I'm t- and I, and I joked about this on, on X. I said, I said, we're all getting our hopes up and they're just going to bring back Kevin Gilbride. And like, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I really do feel that way that they're going to hire just some some old dude and and they'll they'll spin it as you know familiarity and play calling experience um are you surprised left which hasn't popped up yet I'm you a know, surprised I'm I'm not I'm not surprised I, I am surprised but I'm not surprised because mm-hmm. I think that I think he's been hitting them up for a long time now, and I think they're a little annoyed by it. <laughs> and I don't think they want to do business with him, but they're like trying to be like respectful of it. Um, so but he's, no, like, he's I... like
0: Horseshack on uh, Welcome Back, Cotter. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. yeah, he's like, trying to get the attention of her. Yeah,
1: like there used
2: to be, or like that <laughs> tight end who kept trying to get into the building that they had to. Oh,
0: uh, Wesley, Wesley, Wesley Saunders. Saunders. Saunders, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is no, he still like tweeting for a job
1: when they it's funny because like and I appreciate that the players always used to do it but when I I mean there, there would be people that would wait outside the building for hours with merchandise like on the street like outside the park lot yeah. on the street and they would wait for yep. they wait for players and coaches to sign their shit you know I there was always like one guy that had like a fucking box full of stuff and then, <laughs> Yeah, oh, I'm sure that, that was just gonna go home and be on his mantle. I can picture, too. I can picture like Mike Tomlin leaving the facility like tomorrow, and he like looks out the window. And he's like, "Is that Byron Leftwich?" He's like, "Come on, man!" He was like, "Come on, man!" Let me in the building. they you know, like, "Come on, man!" Sign me up. <laughs>
2: Isn't didn't Mike Kafka get a couple uh,
1: head coach interviews? I think yeah, I think he's he's a yeah he, he's coveted.
0: Hey, Northwestern guy, he's brainy. He's brainy. You know, so I, I, I yeah. now here's
2: a guy who can get a metamorphosis of the offense done. <laughs> <laughs> can spell it. My, uh, that's, exactly that's a deep cut why. joke for uh, the English majors out there. English majors. <laughs> yeah. Let me uh, swing
0: it over to the defense for a minute. Uh, it sounds like uh, as of reports just a couple hours ago that the Steelers are close with uh, Terrell Austin on a, a two year deal to uh, continue with him as the defensive coordinator. Um, Ian, your thoughts on Mr. Austin sticking around to run the Steelers defense.
2: I don't love it, but I think when he was hired, we all kind of asked the question of how much control does he actually have? Cause we all kind of know that Tomlin sort of runs the defense also, but Austin's defensive schemes have been very vanilla and very, I, I know he was working a little bit shorthanded, but I mean, you've got guys in zone coverage that just drop to a spot and hang out there and don't even try and like stick to a guy and like, or even like cover guys near them. They're just like, I'm just going to wait here and we'll see what yeah. happens. Oh, that guy ran by me. Okay. Well, that guy ran by me too. And you know, yes, they need to get him some corners. They can actually play man defense, but his resume in Cincinnati was not all that good. And, nope. His resume here, I think, has been bolstered by the fact that we got a lot of turnovers in the red zone. Like They were throwing it out there of, oh, yeah, they had the number six scoring defense in the league. Yeah, because we got a buttload of turnovers in the red zone that kept teams out of the end zone or from kicking field goals. So uh, this defense, and I think Ryan talked about it during the year, was not as good as the statistics said it was. And some of that was the injuries, but also some of it was just the play on the field. The schemes weren't as good. And, you know, when you have a guy like TJ Watt, he can kind of make any scheme look good, but nevertheless, you know, they played Minka out of position all year. And uh, I just, I have concerns about how they distribute things across the defense, but they just got to get them more talent and, you know, get some, they got to get them more talent and yeah. How
0: much do you have to say, though? I mean, the the guy was literally dealing with people off the couch. Yeah, and at, at, at linebacker, at safety to an extent. I, yeah. I mean, it, it, and I don't mean to make it an excuse, but do you have to consider it?
2: I mean, I think he gets some credit for piecing yeah. some things together, especially at the end of the year. Um, but at the same time. Like, even when the starters were in there, they were having the same issues. Like, I felt like week five, six-ish time frame, it started to kind of come together. And you started to, you know, Quan Alexander and Cole Holcomb and mm-hmm. Landon Roberts, they started to kind of figure out a rotation and figure out what their roles were. And they have to make some contract decisions with a few of those guys. So we'll see what happens. It could be a whole new middle of the defense. But playing Minka out of position all year, was is inexcusable. And, you know, and that was regardless of injuries that they were playing KZ as the single high guy and putting Minka up in the box. And, you know, you weaken two positions instead of one. I don't know. It was it was a weird year all around. um, And just the way that the defense was kind of coached to, you know, Mm -hmm. especially when they played zone, just to cover grass instead of covering guys and matching from the outside in and all this stuff we've been talking about for years. But. At the end of the day, you know, to Ryan's point early in the show, he's probably not super expensive, knows the uh-huh. system, is willing to work with however Tomlin wants to dictate things on defense. And so, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and,
1: you know... I don't love we, it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. We, we've, you know, we... We, oh my God, for a head coach that always talks about the standard is the standard and next man up, etc. We as fans have just grown to love excuses. You know, right away it's oh well, well they didn't have they didn't have all their players this year. It's like last time I checked, TJ Watt played 17 games, and the head coach says he's the best defensive player on the planet. And anytime TJ Watt plays in a game, y- you got a shot. Um, you know, eh, you know. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, right, I get it. I'm not a huge fan of it, but, um, you know, they, they get torched all the time by any half decent quarterback. I mean, look at Bailey Zappi this year, Gardner Minshew was tearing them up. Like you know, Josh, Josh Allen in the playoffs. And I know they didn't have TJ Watt, but Brock Purdy, you know, like CJ Stroud, like they get torched any time like the, and this is wild, but like he might be the MVP, but the only time they ever do good against like a really good quarterback is Lamar Jackson. And they only ever play him maybe once every couple years. Um, But even, even Stafford this year, when they played against the Rams, TJ Watt, literally Stafford threw it right to him. Like it's a TJ Watt play. So, right. you know, I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I'm not opposed to, to, to keep in Austin, but like, His numbers are absolutely skewed. As we talked about this on the show, he was like the first defensive coordinator to allow 500 yards in three straight games. He got fired for that. And the Steelers were like, you know what? This is a guy we could use, you know, like that, (laughs) that like it's, you know, uh, it's just, and, and, and I'll, I'll say this too. Yeah. We, yeah, we expect, we expect what we expect from TJ, but There's no guarantee Cam Hayward plays this year. I know he said he would, but there's no guarantee that he's coming back. We have no idea what this defense is going to look like. We don't know if Cole Holcomb is going to be healthy or Quan Alexander or whoever. Um, And just like the Steelers have an opportunity to get better, all 31 other teams do as well. Um, And the Steelers have tendencies, and teams often exploit that, including tight ends. Um, So I'm not wild about it, but I do understand why they did it.
0: Yeah, uh, I think you alluded to uh price probably fits. Uh familiarity probably fits, opportunity to maybe pl- deal with a healthier group. Um is it possible that Austin is a good fit because uh he doesn't mind Mike Tomlin sticking his nose in on the defense?
2: Yeah, that's kind of what I was getting at. So, yeah. whereas if you go and get a
0: a uh, what's his name uh, uh, that that just left Miami and is now with with Philadelphia now, um, Fangio, yeah, I I don't see him being real you know crazy about the head coach sticking his nose in very often. So I I, I wonder how much that plays in.
2: I... Yeah, although they had a superior coordinator in the building and let him go, so well, in,
0: in, in or, or that...
2: I, I shouldn't say let him go, weren't able to retain him. I guess right. is, is you know, but that you know, Brian Flores was a assistant and was offered a coordinator's job, which was a promotion. So, um, the the one thing that I'll say about that, which yeah. was the the other reason they should have kept Flores. Is they lost Flores? He went to Minnesota. He's been there a year. If he doesn't get a head coaching job and stays in Minnesota another year, yep. If he gets a head coaching job after that, Minnesota will be eligible for two third round comp picks because of the The adjustments to the minority diversity promotion clause thing but you have to have coached somewhere for 2 years so even though like we developed, like well, not we developed Flores was already a head yeah, coach he was already yeah. a really good coach but if we'd been able to keep him around for a second year and then he had gotten a better job somewhere else we would have benefited from yep. that rule
1: and right. here here's here's a guy um yeah. <laughs> a, a guy that I would have loved to have had here and and he was available was is Wink Martindale he has he has familiarity yep. uh with with the north um mm-hmm. and the giants defense was terrible they were terrible this year because they were very young and they were very mm-hmm. injured but mm-hmm. they led the league in takeaways i i had to double check that but like you know whether it's excuses or facts doesn't matter he was available and they didn't have to retain Ter- Terrell Austin. Here's no. the other thing. And I know Wink Martindale's old too, but like Terrell Austin is 58 years old. Right. And you look well, at I think you, Wink's only 60, isn't he? Yeah. So I'm um, so um, I get so I my so they're both old. And even though I've mentioned Wink Martindale, but it goes yeah. back to this whole age thing. And you look at the dude for the Ravens, um, Mike McDonald, not to be yep, confused yeah. with the Doobie Brothers lead singer, <laughs> but the point like they kept they kept talking about him all um all game long about how like he's going to be the next head coach um etc and he's he's 36 and he's doing he's doing a great job so like mm-hmm. you know as much as i want him to get younger coaching wise on the offensive side of the ball i think that they should probably <laughs> they should probably look at getting younger on the defensive side of the ball because you know, as much as the game has evolved, you yes, got to play, de, you got to play defense different. Um, so, and, and uh, what do we have the second or
0: third most expensive defense, I think too. It's pretty pricey over there.
2: And, and I mean, that's a factor of having veterans though. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Guys on rookie absolutely. contracts are cheap. Veterans are expensive yep. and that just is what yep. it is.
0: You know, Martindale, I I, I was with it. I, I thought he would have been fascinating, but you know, you wonder what, kind of stories come out, uh, you know, because obviously he and, and uh, Dable did not get along in New York. I mean, that that was pretty well documented throughout the season. But I'll, I'll tell you this, and I you kind of alluded to it, uh, Scarps. you know, I didn't see a ton of Giants games this year, but his defense always played hard. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, they did. As bad as they were at times, guys were flying around. And you know, sometimes that's all you can ask in those situations. Um and, and yes, uh yes, Dan, Wink Martindale was in fact the best host of Tic Tac Doe. Um uh, there there there's there's no question about that. Uh, did he later go on to do Joker's Wild or was that what he did first? I, I can't quite remember my early 80s uh uh game shows there on weekday mornings, but um in, in any case, um Pat Friermuth is entering the last year of his contract, and uh, I think Jerry Dulac reported today that he expects an extension for Friermuth to be coming. Um, Ian, would you—is it a no-brainer for you to uh, extend him, or
2: do you have a little consternation? Uh, I mean, it depends at what number. I mean, everything's about numbers, right? I—I mm-hmm. I don't know if I would give him. I don't know if I would give him, you know, 15 million a year, like the top tight end, you know, the George Kittles and Travis Kelsey's are getting, but uh, I think, you know, if you, if you find a number that's workable, the big concern with him is health and availability. I mean, his ability is there when they can get him the ball. It's just, is he available? Um, You know, but even, I mean, you even look further down the list. I mean, you've got guys like, you know, Hayden Hurst in Carolina is making $7 million a year. I mean, tight ends are pricey for the, yeah. you know. Yeah, it, it's even, surprising. Yeah. And that's, uh, and, and Hurst is probably like 15th or 20th in the league in salary. I mean, heck. Uh, you know Gerald Everett for the Chargers was making six million a year. So, uh, yeah, I mean you got to find something that works. But yeah. at the same time, I wouldn't hate keeping him around. But the there's just that availability question. But man, you you look at some of the tight ends, and we talked about it kind
0: of in our pre pre-draft buildup last year. There's been a lot of really good young tight ends this year. Mm-hmm. You know, Kincaid up in Buffalo, for starters. Yeah. Um, Brevin Jordan down in, in Houston has is, is exceeded anything I thought he would do based on what I saw in film. You know, and, and um, there's one other a uh, guy up in Green Bay, maybe. I can't remember. Um, but, you know, so, I, I, look, I'm not saying you just go pluck a guy on the draft. It's not that easy. It's never been that easy. But... I don't know. I, I Friar Muth, he he goes and has one of those big games like he had, you know, against the Bengals, and and then just kind of, then he's just a guy, you know. I, I, I and I'm not I'm not saying that uh, he, he should be putting up Antonio Gates every week by any stretch. I mean that's that's rare, but it just seems like he disappears too often for me. I I, I don't I don't know. Um, in any case, uh, Scarps. Are you I mean, watching Mason Rudolph tomorrow on DK? Uh,
1: I'll probably catch the after not live. I'll probably I'll probably okay. catch it afterwards. Um for, for Muth, um you know, I, I I agree with Ian it has to be the right price. Um he yeah. his health is a concern. He is a horrible blocker. Um it's not his fault that we passed up on Creed Humphrey again. just to appease Big Ben, or just to please Big Ben. Um, The problem, though, with it is that um, Darnell Washington is a project. I don't really think he's going to be that great of a tight end. Uh, His legs concern me. His knees concern me. Um, Maybe he was more athletic. Yeah, as Ben has said. Yeah, as, as Ben had said maybe we can just convert him to a tackle and then yeah. And then Connor Hayward's okay, but he's, you know, yeah, he, he's whatever, but you know I don't think I don't think it would hurt to look at tight end in the draft and then to see who's available either. on the free agent market, but I I do not want to pay Pat Friermuth like top level tight end money. I, I'm not sorry to say that. Um he is you know, t- uh, he's just, there's just too much inconsistency there. And yes, I know quarterback play has been, has been yeah. whatever, but um, I just, I don't think he's worth that, that type of money, but there's no, also I, not a lot behind them.
0: Right. And that's, I, I, I'm curious to see how it works out. And as you both pointed out, comes down to the financials um, guys. We didn't do this last week. Um, so I have in my hand here, our over under predictions or or predictions in general from the preseason. Oh. Um, and since Ben is mid flight, he can just listen along and bemoan his bad selections. Uh, Kenny Pickett, over under 21 and a half TD passes
2: <laughs> in his career or this
0: year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we should have known, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Ian, you
2: said under, mm-hmm.
0: the rest of us had over.
1: Oh, I hate
2: myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I knew it. I, I
2: think, I, if I recall correctly, and we can go back and check the tape, but I'm pretty sure I picked all the unders on Picket because I said he wouldn't play all 17 games. and Which was yes. true.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, TJ Watt, uh, I put the number at uh, over under 17 and a half sacks. Uh, Ian was over. Scarps, you were even. And Ben and I were both over. Did pretty good there.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, Najee Harris. Yeah I, put, I was, I, yeah. I put the number at 1,100 yards. Um, Ian, uh, you and Ben had over. Ryan was under. And for some reason, I'm not recorded on here. I don't know why. Uh, what did he end up with? 1, 000... 1,000.
1: 35.
0: Yeah, okay. Uh, (laughs) Deontay Johnson, over under 100 receptions. Ooh. All four of us under. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Deontay Johnson, over under seven touchdowns. This is interesting. Uh, Ian and Ben were under. What did he end up with, five?
2: Yeah,
1: Uh,
0: uh, Scarps was even and I, I, oh God, I had the over. What was I thinking? I mean, you we're, all, Kenny doing, was gonna we're all doing
1: We're
2: all doing pretty good touchdown.
0: Right. Of six. Yeah. It should have all just come crashing down right there. Uh, would, uh, TJ get the sack record? Um, let's see. I think Scarps and I said, yes. And Ian and Ben,
2: it was, would TJ or Cam get break? Oh, the that's COA's right. Sack record that's first.
0: what it was. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Because I see the C yeah. there. That's for what it was, Cam. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, it, it turned out to be TJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, let's see here. Uh, Alex Highsmith, 14 and a half over Ooh. under. <laughs> All four of us under. All right. Well, he Nailed was at it. seven. So there yeah. we go. Uh, George Pickens. I, I believe it was was it a thousand yard season? Was it a thousand? or Was it eight touchdowns? I feel like okay because I can't I don't remember. I was I don't doing this. You remember that?
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't it know.
0: Might be eight. Yeah, I think you're right. Ian and we all had the under. And what did he end up with? Five. Also, five. he and Deontay
2: both had five.
0: Yep. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Pickett. Over under 3,500 passing yards. You are not going to believe this. All four of no, I'm sorry. Oh, you three had over, I had under. I had over.
1: You did really. Yep. Wow. Yep. I, d- but to be, to be fair. Uh-huh. To be fair, uh-huh. if you go back and check the tape, I guarantee you none of us said some outlandish number. Oh, I no. think we were, it was I f- think we were thinking he was probably going to be like thirty-seven hundred yards, twenty-two, twenty-three touchdowns. Like we didn't think, say five thousand yes. yards and forty no, touchdowns no, no, like these idiots did.
0: You're exactly right. Is what we were talking about.
1: Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick.
0: I put the interceptions on the year at five and a half over under. Oof. Uh, let's see here. Yowza. Okay. You three
2: had under, I had over. Yes. Yeah. Um, (laughs) he had zero and then playing completely out of position. But
1: what I he had in real quick 10 games this year, Minka had three pass breakups, and that's it. Okay. He had no sacks. He had no interception, no forced fumbles, no fumble recoveries. He was like, he's just a little bit shy of Miles Jack last year. A little bit better than Miles Jack last year. <laughs> but, um, but still made the Pro Bowl. Because that's...
0: Yeah, with the Pro Bowl. is Go run around. That makes sense. Play flag football, man. <laughs> uh, the last one I had on here, and, and I'm drawing a total blank, CB. The initial CB five and a half. Who am, I, who am I thinking of there?
2: Charlie Batch. Char- <laughs> Charlie Batch. E uh, B. You sure it's not C H for Cam Hayward? No, oh, it's Chris. Just... Chris Boswell. Tell me what he missed. That's you're right. That was the last one. Chris Boswell.
0: Uh, over under five and a half missed field goals. Uh, Ian, you were under. The rest of us were over. That's Congratulations. right. Great year. For Boz, the true team MVP, yes. Uh this week, uh guys, the uh Ravens host the Chiefs in the AFC, and of course the Niners host the upstart lions in the NFC. Um I, I we gotta talk about that statistic about the official, the head official. Oh fascinating man. as hell to me. Um, and you guys correct me if I get this wrong. So uh, it's, it's Sean Smith is the official, right? Mm-hmm. So, anytime an NFL official, head official, does a game, the home team wins what is it? 50 like 54 percent, I think.
2: Somewhere 54% around there. 54 percent of the time wins the game.
0: Right. When this guy does a game, the home team wins only like 41 percent. Is that what it was? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty. Much. I yeah. mean. So, the money in Vegas is just going nuts on KC because of that stat that came out. Um, and of course, it leads to the conspiracy talk of the NFL wants Taylor Swift in a box, uh, uh, you know, skybox on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, yeah, so I'm not going down there anyway. Scarps, what is your outlook for the Chiefs at the Ravens?
1: Um, so uh, there's a couple th- couple things here. The Dolphins defense was decimated with injuries. So True. so was the Bills defense. Yeah. Um and if yeah, this Ravens defense is legit. <laughs> I know we hate them. We hate them but respect them. Um and this this is a type of game that I look back to that Chiefs game at home against the Raiders. When Patrick Mahomes couldn't do anything, he was mm-hmm. running for his life. Mm-hmm. Mike uh, Mike McDonald uh, is very very good coordinator. He does timely things. I could picture Arthur Millette making some important important decisions. I'm sorry, important plays that are going to cause Mahomes to make decisions that he doesn't necessarily want to do. I could picture right. Kermit the Frog being really pissed off. Um, and honestly, hey, like, this I. I cannot, cannot take fucking Taylor <laughs> Swift for two more weeks. I just can't do it. Um, but that being said, Taylor Swift aside, I really do think the Ravens have a good team this year. Yeah. Um, I don't know if if you caught Lamar's comments. Um at you know, they asked him like, would you say to the team at halftime? And he's like, Oh, that would be an, that'd be inappropriate to tell you. <laughs> I think that he 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 is going to he is going to do whatever is necessary and i think he's going to have a really nice day with his legs and i think that that's going to set them up the chiefs have a good defense anyway yeah. Yeah. i think the ravens are going to win this game i think it's going to be lower scoring I do too. um probably a, this is a 20 to 17 i said 20 to 17 last week this is a 20 to 17 ravens win um and this is this is the other statistic going for you the last 5 teams to beat the Bills in the playoffs, have lost the following game. Whoa! And the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs have done it twice. It's twice the Chiefs have done it.
0: Wow. Oh, that's right. Okay, so last year. Sorry, it happened with the Chiefs won.
1: Chiefs beat beat the Bills, then lost to the Bengals.
0: Right. Right. And last year, the Bengals beat the Bills, so the Bills were already out. Yes interesting holy cow that's a good one so you got the ravens by three ian what do you got well that's
2: here's a guy
0: now here's a guy that wasn't ready for
2: the question here's a guy who is gonna root for whoever wins in the nfc to win the super bowl um (laughs) here's a guy who wishes both these teams could lose um amen i you know I hate Baltimore. They're playing at home and they're pretty good at home when they play their starters. Um, and credit to Baltimore, as much as I hate to say it, you know, last year they went and traded for Roquan Smith and and on the show we talked because we needed linebacker help. And yeah. we we're like, I don't know, trade for Roquan Smith. Then you got to pay him, whatever. And Baltimore traded for him and paid him. And I mean, they have, one of the best inside linebacker tandems in the league and it shows so if any team out there other than san francisco who probably does have the best inside linebacker tandem like it's not even fair that fred warner and drake green it's are unbelievable how
0: good they're like, yeah how
2: is that how is that even possible good but short short of those two guys like if anybody can figure out how to cover travis kelsey it's probably the combination of of Roquan Smith and Patrick queen. Uh, I I think it's going to be close though, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, Chris Jones could wreak some havoc on, on Lamar Jackson, but I don't know if the Chiefs' secondary is good enough to stick to the Ravens receivers for long enough. And I don't think the chiefs receivers are good enough to consistently beat the Ravens' Mm -hmm. corners and get open. The last time these two teams played, basically all of Kansas City's touchdowns were like 40-plus yards. It was all on like random big plays that happened. It wasn't driving down the field. So I'll go as much as I hate to do this, but I'm going to go Baltimore uh, in a close one. I'll just say Baltimore in a close one.
0: I, I agree, guys. I think it's gonna be a, a tight game. I think uh uh Justin Tucker will be the difference. Um, and and as much as I hate seeing the Ravens back in the Super Bowl, it is what it is. Uh they they've deserved the opportunity to be there. So um that's what I'll say. Scarps, what about the NFC? Got the Niners. <sighs> On a mission um, to get to the Super Bowl against the Lions on a mission
1: to get to a Super Bowl. Man. Um, I'm I have concerns, you know, everybody's talking about the Lions defense, and mm-hmm. they are the epitome of Ben Don't Break. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah.
0: But, Cam Sutton brought that over from Pittsburgh.
1: Yes. Um and if Deba so but what concerns me more is the 49ers defense. Cause they got torched by Aaron Jones. And, and this is a game where Dan Campbell, I could picture him just fucking run it. Like, just, just, just like fucking just bang, you know? And, yep. and, you know, this is, you know, Jared Goff is notorious for throwing for, for, you know, throwing a couple shitty passes and whatnot. Yep. Um, Oh, this is so hard. Um, Debo Samuel doesn't play. That 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 absolutely impacts mm-hmm. Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, the Lions' defense isn't that great. I don't even know what I want to say here. I I, I sounds like you're torn between your heart and you. And, yeah, and your yeah, mind but here. like you know, I, I I am, but also like the the Lions are not a fluke. They deserve to be there. No, no they, they're playing like, well. Good team. They, they and and you know, kuda like Dan Campbell, it, they build the fucking Dan Campbell statue already in Detroit because like oh, he, is, starting. he has done an amazing job. Um, I think that you know what? Fuck it, I'm gonna do it. I think the Lions are going to shock the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I really, I really do. I think they're going <laughs> to shock the world, and I'm gonna say twenty. 724 Lions.
0: Woo! All right, another field goal game. Ian, what do you got?
2: I think I think this is where especially on the road the moment catches up to the Lions and it becomes a little bit too big for them. Most of the San Francisco team, Brock Purdy aside, has been here before. Mhm not only being in the championship game but being in the Super Bowl a few years back. And here's another statistic for you. Oh boy. Since 1992, the number 3 seed has only won the Super Bowl once. Wow. So we've got we've got two matchups of one seeds versus three seeds in the conference championship games. But a number 3 seed has only won the Super Bowl once since 1992 so
0: interesting
2: yeah no, that's not that's not what, saying going what, to the super bowl who was that team? the 2006 colts wow
0: oh that's right
2: Rex is that Grossman the team that went into off. baltimore and in won uh what they I do think, in the second round the first round they played the chiefs and the chiefs tried to just run the ball the whole game and the colts just stacked the box and yeah. we're like okay you can do that um they beat I the Patriots in the championship they beat the game. Patriots in the championship game, yeah. Did they beat the Chargers in the uh, second maybe. round? Maybe. I, I
0: thought there was one Colts game where they went in and they beat
2: Baltimore. I thought Baltimore look, was like the one. Up. Or maybe, yeah. yeah. But at any rate, the 2006 Colts are the only yeah, number three, three seed to have won a Super Bowl since 1992.
1: Actually, That's beat, like they beat the Ravens at Baltimore that's 15-6 right. oh, wow. in the divisional.
2: Yep. Okay. So, so you're taking the, I'm going to, I'm going to go with the 49ers in a close one. Okay. Cause I, I think their, their defense is better and schematically their offense is so good. And Lamar probably wins the MVP, but honestly, I think Christian McCaffrey probably should be the MVP. And I think that's kind of the, that, that eventually is the difference maker. Like there's only so much you can do to contain that guy. Eventually he breaks out.
0: Well, you know, look, football games are one in the trenches. um, And the Lions are banged up at a a very important spot, which is center. Uh, Ragnar is a – I mean, he's a stud. He's a warrior. The fact that he completed that game last week, he was in such a way. But uh, San Francisco is so good up front uh, and in the middle. I think they'll probably take advantage of that a little bit. And I, I think it's close. I agree with E. And I, I, you gotta wonder when the the clock strikes midnight. I mean, the Lions are super talented. Uh, if if golf is allowed to throw, he's really good. I mean, when, when he can just stay on his spot and throw, he's really really good. But if you gotta, if you get him to move around and stuff, that's when he gets really really bad. And I I tend to think that's probably what's going to happen here. Uh, so I'll take the Niners in a uh, a close one as well. Um, is Casey Kasem available this evening? Oh, always, Casey. Ghost to ghost.
1: No, oh, was I delayed?
0: Oh no, I was going to give go. you the usual introduction of live wow. from the tomb. Sorry, Casey go Kasem.
1: ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's a dead guy that wants to get started. <laughs> oh God, Casey's Ghost to Ghost, American Top Forty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the week that was January 24th, 1977. Our favorite correspondent, Ryan, is back again with us this week, and he writes, Dear Casey, Hello, darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Casey, that's, of course, Simon and Garfunkel's The Sound of Silence, which plays in my head every time the Steelers throw short of the sticks on third down." It feels like I've heard that song about a thousand times since 2020. <laughs> Much like Garfunkel, the Steelers team president is named Art. And he's currently at Scarborough Fair looking for the Steelers' next offensive quarter. <laughs> I couldn't think of a Simon Steelers correlation. My mind kept wondering the Simon Kirk, drummer of Bad Company... And former Pittsburgh Pirates first baseman, Randall Simon, who was arrested for hitting a Milwaukee Brewers mascot, (laughs) Bratwurst, with a bat. (laughs) Getting back to the sounds of silence, I I felt that way watching this weekend's divisional matchups. Casey, we're still far away from truly contending. I know we cut it to seven in Buffalo, but who didn't know that Josh Allen was going to go right down the field to seal the deal? We're always flat. Unprepared and turn the ball over like we're handing out Halloween candy. After watching the Chiefs, did Jins really want to go to KF to KFC? Did Jins really want to go to KC? Did Jins really wa- <laughs> I hate myself. After watching the Chiefs, did Jins really want to go to KC? Fuck around and find out, as I always say. KC, I'm being serious when I say this. Even if Mason comes back, the Steelers, right now, have a bottom three quarterback in the AFC. Let me be clear. We are more than just a quarterback away from contending, but you got to get the guy in here sooner rather than later. I do not expect Mason to come back, so that leaves right now Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. I'm sure the AFC is pissing themselves as we speak. Pickett is expected to be QB1, which I think is a big mistake. I'm not saying Whittle Kenny with his Whittle hands and his Whittle football doesn't deserve the shot to compete, but let's be real, Casey, he stinks. And I know the picketologists will forever point to that 16-point game for the ages in Cincinnati, but I will not die on that hill. If the Steelers are serious about getting back to winning playoff games, they need to upgrade the QB position. If they do go with Pickett and he doesn't turn it around this year, He'll be working at the car wash. Well, Ryan, <laughs> keep your feet on the ground and keep reaching for the stars. Back in the number one spot this week, here's Rose Royce with car wash. Oh, <laughs> wow. Oh, God. <laughs> at the car wash. Right. Oh, I my God. The KFC God. bit was nice. Was oh, the a, KFC. I didn't mean to say it. I'm with Like, <laughs> did you really want to go to KC? But my first word after KC was "fuck." So I was like, <laughs> "Fuck around and find out." Hey, get that two for five on those snack wraps yeah. at KFC. In the re- I I brought up the sounds of silence because if if anyone's <laughs> still it, did you? It it at one point in the Lions Bucks game. Yeah. Um, I think it's when Detroit like went went had like scored like the the final touchdown or whatever. Like right. Collinsworth was like, hey, I think there's a song, <laughs> The Sounds of silence. I, like, <laughs> I do not fucking know that song. Like, what are you talking about? It's like he wasn't. It's like what? It's like like and I'm like, and I'm like, what does this even have to do with, with what's happening? Because Ford Field is electric. I can't even yeah. hear myself. Like, I could hear it like e- oh it was not the sounds of silence. Mike, ah oh, god. Casey it, it was Casey and Chris are
0: similar. It was not a good week for the, the color analysts because Romo was all over the place. Collinsworth was terrible as usual. I, I mean, uh, and I guess the good news is, well, then, is what we well, get uh, Olsen this week. Olsen so, and Romo.
1: Well, they. Um, who was the first game? Uh well Saturday was Ravens was Texas. ESPN. Yeah. So it was Buck and Aikman, and I actually enjoy yeah. them the most. Yeah, yeah, they do um, a nice job. Yeah. But Saturday night, the the Olson and who's the Kevin Kevin somebody, Kevin right? Kevin Harlan. No, it's not Kevin no. Harlan. Uh, what the hell? Who's Greg Olson's the who's the hey, I, like I know the, who you're talking about? Playing. I just can't. Kevin McCarthy? No. Whatever. Anyway, yeah. he's the one that's um it wasn't him, it was Tom Rinaldi. Is the one that said that um, every time Anders Carlson goes out to kick a field goal, uh, my, Matt LaFleur just like prays the God that it goes in or whatever. And I guess, <laughs> but like Matt LaFleur must have like jokingly said that in a production meeting and Tom Rinaldi like went with it. And like Tom Rinaldi's a well respected like reporter. So like, yeah, oh yeah. So like, of course, Matt LaFleur is like, oh, I was just kidding. I didn't mean that. Meanwhile, <laughs> I think he fucking did mean it. <laughs> I think he did mean it. But yeah. And then uh, Kevin and- Burkhart. That's it, Kevin. Oh, Parker. yeah, yeah, Kevin McCarthy's Mike McCarthy's brother. Um, so <laughs> you know who but, I highly enjoy. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Ryan, go ahead. No, you're your good. Uh, no, but then it was Collins sucked, and then oh my god, I can't stand Tony Romo, he's so terrible. It's just, like, it's, it's he's gotten so out of bad. Hand with
0: him. I don't think he preps anymore,
1: literally. Like, he... literally, fucking like Nance will be like. Uh, Tony, we're back at Buffalo again where they've gotten five feet of snow over the past two weeks. And and Remo Romo be like, well, Jim, (laughs) I don't know,
2: Jim.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Tony, there's five feet of snow in the stands. (laughs) (laughs) Snowballs
0: flying right at him. I don't know,
2: Jim. (laughs) Well, Jim, when it snows, sometimes you got to run the ball and you got to call those checks and run those hot routes. Literally, literally.
1: Third play of the game third play of the game like Mahomes, like misses misses the first out he's like now if the now if the kansas city chiefs lose this game they're gonna go back to this play right here <laughs> and say ah, i should have gotten this right it's like jesus christ honey relax uh ian
2: go ahead finish this up for the oh, night oh i would say you, you know who i highly enjoy listening to um is ross tucker on westwood one he's radio terrific yep. is yeah and he's a pennsylvania guy why yep. i'm missing high school out out east but um, actually Alex. Um, was um, the the linebacker from the Anzalone? Lions. Anzalone, yeah, however you pronounce it, um, he was a YO guy too. So they got a picture together after the game, which is nice. cool. But um, uh, Ross, I very good on Twitter, but also just highly enjoyable. Like if am out driving around in the car and have to like listen to the game yeah. on the radio, no, he, he's very he's solid. very good. Yeah, I agree. They should I get agree. him on TV. Uh,
0: he fills in for Dan Patrick once in a while, which, yeah. which is on Peacock, but. Um, I'm not sure if he does college games now. He does. I yeah. He did a
2: he did a couple college games. I remember here. Yeah, he's he's very good. He is. Um.
0: Hey, thanks for everybody joining us on a Wednesday night. Uh, jumped in there really quick to do that. Hopefully Ben is back next week. He is. He flies around. He he. We must have lost contact with him. Hopefully he didn't you know fly out a a loose door or something. If his phone Uh,
2: flew out the window
1: though, maybe the phone flew out. That's right. That's right.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, anyway, make sure you check out the site, stillcityblitz.com, and hey. follow us on all of our socials on X, and Facebook, hey, and Instagram. next week, and...
2: we're back on Thursday, which is February 1st. And everybody knows what that
0: means. <laughs> yes. Scarps will
1: be drinking. Uh, it uh, better be. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Um, it, it won't be Circle K Atlanta Scarps, but it it will It'll be right up there. Yeah. It'll be sheets. It'll be sheets. <laughs> It'll be Pittsburgh sheets. Jeff Reed paper towel dispenser. <laughs> oh, oh
2: boy. So, so does that mean we need to go a little long on the show? Like maybe a little overtime? Ooh,
0: I don't know. I got to see what my schedule looks like. All right. Uh, anyway, thanks everybody. Have a great night, and as always, go Steelers. Uh, Ravens suck. <laughs> there we go. The Ravens suck. (laughs) Oh, that was pretty good.
2: That was.